I'm Tom Rowland, and this is the Tom Rowland Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast today. My son introduced me to uh, Instagrammer. He kept showing me his posts, and I was very impressed with his videos. They looked and felt different than anything that I had seen in the fishing world and incredibly impressed. So I reached out to him, had him come down and actually shoot a little stuff with us on uh, Saltwater Experience one time. We put it on social media, his little short, short film that he made us, and everybody liked it. We got a ton of likes and feedback off of that. And he doesn't just work for us. He is making films for all kinds of people. And uh, what's interesting about it is this guy hasn't been doing it very long. Not only has he not been filming very long, but he hasn't even been fishing very long. But I'll tell you what, you sure would never, you wouldn't know it by looking at his stuff. It looks like a very polished, very cool product by someone who has a fisherman's eye. This guy's name's Davis Bennett, and he's coming up right after I tell you about Waypoint TV. Waypoint TV brings you lots and lots and lots of hunting and fishing short films and full-length television shows. There are more than 60 different producers. They all have their stuff over there. You can see it for free. Most of the time when a producer puts his stuff on Waypoint TV, they put Oftentimes, they put every episode they've ever filmed. I know we did. You can see 120-something episodes of Saltwater Experience for free. That's where they all live. We don't even put them on the website anymore. But there are links to all of them on the website. They take you straight to Waypoint TV. And our new website is up and running. It's been completely redesigned, and it's the hub of everything. So we've got all of the different links to Waypoint TV. And you can see any episode that you want for free by going to saltwaterexperience.com or waypointtv.com. But then on saltwaterexperience.com, that's the hub of everything. So we are producing all kinds of new stuff. I've got these podcasts. I don't even know what episode this is. This is like uh, 16, 17. I don't know. We're getting close to 20. And I didn't know that it was going to go this smoothly. And I didn't know you guys were going to enjoy it so much. So thank you very much for all of your feedback. But you can go to saltwaterexperience.com and it's like a hub on a wheel. You can see the podcast. You can see the weekly shows. You can see all of our television shows from every one of our seasons. You can read articles that I'm writing. You can see pictures. Everything that we do is on saltwaterexperience.com. Links to all of our social platforms. So if you're interested in Saltwater Experience, go check that out. All right, sitting down here with Davis Bennett. How are you? What's going on, man? It's been a while. Yeah, I know. How are you? Good. What's good, going on? Good. I'm staying busy. I'm filming. I'm with the whole YouTube thing now. I'm filming for Josh and Josh Blacktip yep, H. Yep, yep. So tell me, last time that you came down and, and did a little filming with us, yeah. you were living on the other coast. Yep. Tampa and Bay. we're sitting here in Jupiter, Florida, yep. and you were on the other coast living with the Rogers yep. and all that. So what's changed? What well, what happened? Basically, I got a job offer from uh, Josh by Tip H, and he uh he asked me just to come over and be basically a part time editor for him. Mm -hmm. And uh you know it ended up being a good enough deal for me. I didn't necessarily want to leave St. Pete. I love St. Pete. I mean it's that's yeah I moved there year prior to to the offer, and I just I fell in love with it. Yeah, and I decided that you know it'd be good for me. I think it'd be good for my future to enhance my filming abilities too because i've learned so much from josh yeah and uh he's been doing this much longer than i have so i figured it was a win-win so i moved over to jupiter and uh and i got over here and we've just been so busy ever since filming and, and editing and of course you know him big sharks just crazy stuff so yeah. i enjoy it and are you able to still do some stuff on your own or are you just working yeah, yeah i do so i still have my business davis bennett films it's separate that i uh i actually do some of that contract work with josh mm -hmm. so i do find other other things and i work with the company right now that i'm wearing reef and ledge they just launched and i'm their i guess you say main content creator for mm -hmm. the brand and i enjoy it I, I i love it we get to go out the the owner rex is just awesome and the people i met over there have been great so uh, it's it's been nice now it's a bit of a 
hassle though because that company's on the west coast mm. so i kind of have to i have to find ways to split my time you know so that can be difficult but because I enjoy working with them so much and it allows me to, to see different people. You know, I, I'm on the East Coast film and I have all my friends over here. I get to go over there for a week, hang out with the people there, fish, film, make a little money, nice. come back home. So how old are you? 21. 21. Man, I thought you were a couple years older. I don't know. 21. <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, that right, right at my son's age. He's 20. Yeah. He'll be 21 in December. So 21 and you are now making a full-on living in the fishing industry, making videos, either either editing videos or shooting videos. And how, do, how does that happen? Like, that's a dream for so many people. <laughs> yeah. And you're sitting right here doing exactly that. How does it happen from, from a young kid? Like, were well, you always a fisherman? Yeah, and it's funny. It's kind of, yeah, and I tell people this. I'm pretty honest about it. I have been fishing for as long as I've been filming. And, and I've been doing both for about two to two and a half years. Really? Yes. Man. Yes. You're a quick study. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess you can say that. It's, it's funny. I was, uh, I, I guess it, it, it started when I was, I was back home. I was, I started working at UPS. So about three, four years ago. Yeah. When I was 17, I started working at UPS and I was, a I was a box like a, a loader and an unloader. This is while you're going to high school or? Yeah, while okay. I, was a, I was a senior in high school. Okay. Yep. So I was, I would unload uh, boxes all day long. I I mean, I'd go to school. I'd go from four to probably 11 at night, just unloading boxes, unloading boxes into Charles, you know, sweating, just, oh, it was so, you know, it was a lot of hard work. Plus I was only making eight fifty an hour. So eventually as I kept doing that, doing that, I started to become, I'd say sort of a leader within the people that worked amongst me. And I ended up uh, getting promoted to a manager position, management position. So I, I became a supervisor. So I was a supervisor of about 10 employees after working there for a year. And uh, I, I, became, I was a supervisor for probably another year and a half before I finally became promoted to manager, which means I had five supervisors under me and 60 employees. So that was a lot to take on at the age of 20. You know, it was a lot or well, really 19, 19. It was a lot. So I think I learned a lot from that. It helped me in the business world. It gave me kind of a sense of, you know, what business is like dealing with people in the office, you know, in meetings and just basic interaction. Yeah. So I think during that time, I began, like I began, I made new friends at UPS and blah, blah, blah. But then my friend started, he's was my friend, Johnny, he goes, you want to go out fishing one day? I was like, I've never been fishing. You know, and this you had out. never been fishing. No, I mean the pond in my backyard. I put a hot dog on a hook. Yeah, you know, caught a catfish okay. with my dad. Nothing, but yeah. never been fishing ever. And he's like, "You want to go out?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, I'll go." So I went out, and I went out twice. And we went out. I was in Jacksonville. We went out on Clapboard Creek, and we just went out to catch redfish. That's all it is. Just redfish in the marsh on the oyster beds. And I just thought it was so, so cool. We went out there twice. I caught a red, you know, a little 23, 24 inch, but it was mm -hmm. awesome to me. Yeah. Me and him kept fishing, blah, blah, blah. And then I said, you know what? I, I started watching videos, like fishing videos, like these people. Now you see Patrick Gray. He's mm -hmm. big. Wes Davis. Yep. He's got a lot of good stuff. And I specifically watched their videos. I thought they were really, really cool. Mm -hmm. it's, it's funny that I would watch them and I'd think, man, that, that's something that I really want to do. So I started bringing the camera out while I was fishing and eventually it just got to where I just kept doing that again and again and again. And I ended up meeting people in all different through Instagram, all different parts of the state that fished because I didn't know how to fish. I had to find people that knew how to fish mm -hmm. to film them. Right. Right. And, <laughs> and I, I, I didn't know how to fish. So I thought it was, it was cool that I found these different people because in Jacksonville, I can't go fish for tarpon really. Not not that often, you know, at least maybe where I started out in Pond Tarpon, you know, I can't go, I can't go do snook fishing, all the things they did down south. So, you know, I said, I work Monday through Friday at UPS on the weekends. I'm going to travel and film. So that's what I did. I'd work until midnight on Friday and then I'd leave midnight on Friday at UPS straight to whatever city I was going to, Miami, Jupiter, Naples, Tampa, Fort Pierce, whatever. And I'd stay there until Monday morning till I had to leave to go back to Jacksonville and had to work again at five. And so that was, those were my weekends for about, it's probably 30 weekends straight 
before I started going to St. Pete a little more. And I, I started building a really good relationship with the family, uh, the Rogers down there, who are just outstanding people. Yeah. Amazing. And I ended up getting really, really close with them. And we started, you know, making a lot of videos together. It started, it, it, it wasn't as much me going around with everybody. It was more like we started doing a lot of stuff together. And so we, uh, we started doing all this, doing all this. And then it started to get like, man, people are starting to, you know, offer us money to do, do stuff like this, blah, blah. And I said, man, you know, maybe I can just transfer, you know, my college and go to USF and, you know, move down here. And that's kind of what I did. And I ended up staying with the Rogers for probably almost a year. And while you were going to college? I did a couple college classes and then I kind of, I did it for probably a semester and that's it. Uh, and then, um, and then I, and then I was pretty much full on filming and fishing. And then finally, you know, after a year of St. Pete, the job offer with Josh came. Huh. So you say you just went out with the camera. Did you have a camera or did you get a camera or did you acquire a camera? What? Yeah, I had to go, I had to go buy a camera and my first camera I ever got was the one I had before I, the one I have now. Uh-huh. So this is my only second, this is just my second camera. I, the first one I had was a Sony a6300. It cost me, cost me probably a thousand bucks. The yeah. lens was another thousand. And with everything, I was probably 2,500 bucks in, which for me at the time was a, kind of a lot of money. Yeah. But I knew it was the investment I had to make. And not only that, I bought a drone. I thought that, that inspire. And yeah. so... And so I was five grand into it, but I knew it was what I had to make. So I kind of put every penny I had into it then. And my parents were, are always supportive of everything I've done. So they've been great. And just, you know, because it was kind of out of nowhere. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I, I was becoming this successful person at UPS. I was moving up the chains. That was my future. And That's, you were doing the UPS and going to college right. up there. And so you're following more of a conventional path and working your way through college making really good advancements right and and ups i mean i've got friends that are ups drivers that are that are 60 years old and there's a career there and their managers are making good money and they're you know there is easily a career at ups and so what did your parents think about ditching that and then eventually ditching school so basically at first obviously that wasn't their mindset of what I was going to do. I've always heard, and I'm not going to say that I wouldn't go back to college to do something that if I needed to go back to college, 100%, I would go back to college. I just don't need to now. But anyways, they were all, it was it was just a, a thing. You were going to college. You know, it was just, I, I accepted it, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, whenever they, it first started out with me leaving UPS. That was the first big thing. So it was kind of like, they were kind of, you know, struck that I would want to do that when I had such something going for me. I just knew I saw a passion in something that I really wanted to pursue. Do you remember it. that moment when you saw it and you're like, doing this? Yeah, it was my uh, recap video from the Keys with Ryan, Luke, and Paul. And I just remember watching that video after I posted it and I just, I was like, that's it. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. And did you get a lot of feedback from your from your audience? Yeah. I remember it was just a main thing was a lot of comments on people just talking about how different it was. Like there was nothing like it. Then people were just saying like it was just a, people, some people were some, a lot of people. Honestly, there's a lot of people who don't like my stuff because I can be controversial. Maybe some whatever I use for, for music or and, it, and, you know, it's younger kids. It's not like, you know, it, so it's a different style, whole different style. But I think the majority of people really did like it. So I kind of stuck with it. Yeah. Well, I came across your stuff because of my son, Hayden, who he just kept showing me these videos over (laughs) and over and over. So I'm looking at this and I'm like, man, this guy's really good. And I keep watching and keep watching and eventually reach out to you and was quite surprised to hear that, like, you just started this. And so what do you think it is that gave you a different approach? What do you think it was that gave you a different eye, a different perspective? Was it something from previous or just that's just the way you saw it? Because what I see in your films is a is a different perspective. It's a different perspective. That's the only way I can I can describe it. And you capture it really well. And what you do is unique and different. 
But I just, do you have any idea where that came from or it just kind of comes out like that? Well, kind of saw it as the demand thing. So I know what people like and what they wanted. A lot of people like fishing, mm-hmm. right? And that's the audience I wanted to appeal to. But a lot of people also like more sometimes modern songs or or, or such. And, and that with kind of a twist on a lot of slow motion. I don't think, I think that was another thing that I did was a lot of, a lot of slow motion, which I look back, you know, I'm like, man, I could have done this, done that better. But at the time, you know, a lot of people liked it and it was new. So I think those were the, those were the things that made it different. Now, how I it came up with that, I guess it was just because I knew that's what, that those are the two things that I feel like if you brought together, it would really make for something that would keep an engaged audience. Mm-hmm. And are you getting influence from anywhere else, from outside of fishing or? or For filming? Yeah. What I said earlier was my biggest probably influence influencers were Wes Davis and Patrick Ray. Mm-hmm. But they're inside of fishing. Right. Are you getting in are you getting inspiration other types of videos or movies that you're watching or do you like a particular director or are you picking anything up from that or you know I I guess I don't have a particular favorite on 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 stuff like say movies that I watch that that I that I try to get things from but I do pick up I feel like whenever I, I watch other people's work or anything else, really, I, I, I'm generally really good at, at picking out the stuff that I like and remembering it and being able to piece it together in my own production. I, I think that I, that I have done that well as finding small things in other people's work has, maybe has nothing to do with, with filming or fishing, but anything they do, taking it and trying to just you know, take what I think is good and, and, and you know, combine it. To, to, to make it well, I think that's what all artists are doing right I mean is there anything that's honestly truly original uh, I mean no everything that that anyone is doing is a is a uh, a, a culmination of a lot of different experiences yeah. some are more obviously yeah. <laughs> influenced than others but you know I mean even like the Rolling Stones or 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 Led Zeppelin are influenced by other bands that they that they have heard other types of music and i just find it interesting but i think that it's kind of cool that that you have such a different look and and feel and uh it's i mean people people really like it i mean how, what what kind of instagram following do you have now uh it's a 15.2 which i, I is, is isn't bad it could, it could be better but i you know i've worked I, i've only been doing it for about you know two years on instagram yeah so that's that's pretty good. So what kind of stuff are you learning now? What uh, now now you've entered a different realm and Black Tip H is an extremely well-known YouTube channel produces a tremendous amount of content. So that's an interesting place for you to land and and so what what uh what kind of stuff are you learning now? Well, I'm learning a lot of new things in the post-production side uh, as well as the the actual f- filming side but the post-production josh has really taught me a lot of things on on uh, timing and and uh, and a lot of different things that makes mainly the episode flow you know and and so that's what i needed to work on because i came into this making what one minute trailers that's all i made i didn't make episodes you know i (laughs) you know that's all i made so i i kind of came in having to kind of relearn the the way a story has to flow because now I'm creating a story. It's not a one minute trailer. So I had to kind of, I did have to relearn in some sense. What I do apply, what I learned from was in the one minute trailer at the beginning of the episode. Generally we do like a 30 second trailer. You know, that's where I I enjoy making those because it's what I've always been used to doing, what I built myself on. But outside of that, I've learned so much from him on, on creating story getting certain shots, the technology behind on what we use, big, these big rigs like what we're filming on now. So I have learned a lot from him. And I think that, you know, also I bring a, a, a side of creativity that's different than what he has that we use to combine, you know, our thoughts. And I think that, you know, especially lately, we've, we've been coming out with some really, really great content with our collaboration. And uh, he's been a huge help for me. I can't thank him enough. And then... uh and just everybody else here that, you know, like Paul, Paul's been awesome. You know, he lets me, let me stay with him until I get my apartment here. You know, we've just Paul, been so busy. Paul, Paul Cafaro. 
Paul Cafaro. Yep, yep. And uh, he's he's been great. And uh, just just everybody has been just awesome to me, you know, honestly, throughout this whole journey. Yeah. Well, it's uh, you're a good hand. I mean, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I uh, yeah, I I could press record. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's there's a little more to it than that, I think. But what about this this vagabond lifestyle that you're living? Are you are you settling into that? Because you're, I mean, you're you're all over the place, man. I am. Yeah, it went from commutes to UPS every every weekday at five to commutes to the airport. You know, or, or just just driving. You know, from the east, the west coast is just constant, constant, constant. But like I said earlier, I, I don't mind it. I've adapted to it because number one, you know, that's part of the discipline I have to have if I if I want to continue. You know, this kind of dream I've got going. You know, and it's not all a dream. Trust me, it's it can get stressful sometimes. But I just think back. Yeah, I was making good money at UPS. You know, and I had this great thing going. But guess what? I didn't thoroughly enjoy it. You know, I enjoyed managing people. I, I actually do enjoy that. I like getting people to want to work for me, but I did not like the clientele and the atmosphere I worked in. So, you know, in order to pursue what I'm doing continually, I know I have to travel, but I love it because I can, I get to go see different people. You know, when I travel on my own for my own business, I go to the West Coast and I get to not only I go there for a day, I, I shoot what I have to for that company. And then I'll stay there for three more days and just fish with people up and down the coast that are all my friends that, that all, you know, love to see me. Mm -hmm. You know, they're like, hey, you know, come over, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and everybody I've, I've met that, that's, you know, either let me stay to their house while I'm, you know, was working at UPS or, you know, their moms are feeding me or whatever it may be. Just they're, they're all great people. But the the traveling uh, I have adapted you know I just I've, I've had to. But, what about the girlfriend situation? Ah, uh, I don't have time for one right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I I just oh man, I, I I can't imagine trying to trying to juggle that too. Yeah, well, I, don't, I don't know that you can. I mean, I, just being she gone. wouldn't like me. I, yeah. I'd be gone too much. Yeah, I think she'd get tired of that. <laughs> so maybe you want to settle in. So so what does it what does it look like? This, this I mean, you reference it. You're like this dream that you have i mean what what is the dream where are you taking this i would love to own my own production company i would love to have people that go out and i, I would love to bring in the business and and through that how you know have have people to hire to just go out and and do the work and have editors and me oversee it and just make sure that whatever's going on has my twist and approval and creativity in it. Mm -hmm. So that's really what I want. I really want people, or I really would love people working for me and to just, you know, own my own production company. And I, and I honestly don't think it's too far out. I don't think it's too far out. And I, you, you prefer that as the, the hands-on to the hands-on. Yeah. I would love to just train somebody to, to do how I do out on the filming side. Editing side is different. Sometimes you can't really train that. Sometimes it's just in you. You know, it's creativity. Filming sometimes, especially a show, other than B-roll, is pretty generic. And so I think that if I could train somebody to, to, to be able to do stuff kind of like me on the filming side and me overseeing as a manager, I think that would be cool because it would also combine my skills that I got from UPS as a, in a management position to my love of filming. Mm -hmm. So I think, and do you cool. see that, that, uh, in your experience so far that that type of product is in demand in, in the fishing, hunting, outdoor industry? Yeah. I found that it, it, it is in demand for the fishing, hunting out outdoors industry. It's, it's, it is pretty big right now. Um, honestly, the, the, you know, the economy's doing good now. So a lot of businesses are looking for content creation, but, I really, I think there is a demand and I wouldn't mind going outside it. You know, I'd, I would love to film, uh, you know, fast cars, Lamborghinis. <laughs> yeah. I would love to do that. The Lamborghini, you go on their website and you see all these videos, you know, they, they sub, the, they sub all that stuff out that, you know, a lot of the stuff you see, you know, commercial and stuff that's subbed out stuff to production companies. And I would not mind filming fast cars. I right. mean, you know, I mean, there's, I just, I, whatever I film, I just want it to be something I'm interesting in, interested in. I'm interested in plenty of other stuff other than fishing. Yeah. Obviously, I love fishing. That's what I'm doing now. But 
whatever I'm interested in, I'm willing to make a film about. Yeah. Well, what is it that you're interested in? Fast cars? Uh, fast cars. I actually do like history. I, yeah. I, I'm intrigued in history. I'm intrigued in politics. I think I'm not not heavily in politics. I I really I don't like today's politics as much, but I, I do think it's interesting. You make a comedy? No. Well, yes. <laughs> no. Honestly, there's a show right now on uh, Showtime. It's called uh, The Circus, the greatest political show on earth, and it's really good. It's funny. Uh, I was watching it, and it was cool because you know something that I think is interesting, like the election. They were combining that with with this new modern twist of filming. It was really good. They filmed a lot of 240 frames per second shots, just good B-roll, really well filmed. And that's, again, they're just combining those two things I thought was really interesting. I'm like, man, that would be a gig I would love to, to pick up. Yeah. Well, you can. I think that you, don't you think that it's possible to um, to get into that exactly like you have done here? Like, like yeah. you just start filming stuff. I, I think so. I think that once, you know, my, hopefully my time loosens up a little bit and I can, and I can focus on, you know, kind of building my business more. I think that, you know, that that's a real possibility. And, and, and hopefully within sometime the next, you know, five, six, seven years, I will hope to have done that. That's my goal. Cool. And so the fast cars, the politics, what else? No, the yeah, like I said, the history. Oh yeah, history. Um, I, I, what it, kind of history do you like? You, you know, I've I've always I enjoy more like um I, I love World War II. I've watched all the World War II in color series that they had on the History Channel. That was great. I like learning about different, more less about eras and more about specific people. I think I think that uh, I used to read or I was a kid. I would read all the uh, childhood books on all these famous presidents. I think I went through the list. Not that I was a big reader at all. I'm not trying to act like that, but but I did read those. You know, they had huge fonts. So, but <laughs> I would read that, and 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 I thought it was just interesting. Some of the stuff about like you know Abe Lincoln about how whenever he you know, he would send letters to the the, the you know government of the state whenever he was younger to try to you know, get into politics or you know just the history of George Washington or or just anything. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. Or you know, I I just. I think that's that would be a cool thing to make a documentary about, you know, a reenact a documentary, you know, about something or a, or a specific event in history. Or, you know, I really would want to see like a really cool film on on uh, D-Day, like a really cool just I, I don't know. I, I don't remember the last one that came out, but I think it was a while ago, mm -hmm. you know, and it was probably, you know, I think it was it was filmed. All right. But I would I just think that would doing that would be so cool to be able to direct a production like that. Yeah. You know what would be cool is um is create any sort of history pieces targeted to people of your age so that if you did it in a really cool way in the same type of style that you have and you're telling a story that maybe utilizes a little more modern music and utilizes your film style and you're telling the story and getting people interested in the history that's around them, like Florida history. Florida history is is amazing. I mean, there's so yeah. much history right here where you are. And if you could do that in a way that you could get anyone at all excited about history, more so than sitting in a classroom and being bored to tears, yeah, there there could be a market there. There could. That that's you're right, and I think that also applies with you know other things. It's it's whenever you you take these younger people's interests and in, in in like my generation, and you combine it with almost anything, you can create some you know a story or content that people will will enjoy. You know, I would actually you know I would love to just go down it, just just somewhere just somewhere that's just sick, like you know with with a lot of wildlife and just. Uh, just a cool scenic place and just film what's going on in that place. Like, you know, you're not filming people doing anything. You're just filming like just your the habitat around you, but make mm -hmm. it cool. Yeah. Like find a way, like whether it be speed ramps to a song with the bird, you know, you know, shaking off its feathers or, you know, tree, uh, uh, just, you know, certain things, certain drone shots that, that just make it look cool, that make something that's not generally that interesting, intriguing, on a phone screen for one minute. I think that's so cool. I think it's, I think, yeah, I think you can do it with anything. I used to challenge myself to do stuff like that. I give, I give my, 
And whenever I first started, I gave my brother a pen. And I told him to I said, go. I said, take this pen, go to the mailbox, put it in and walk back inside. I'm going to video you. And my goal to me was to make the, the coolest video I could of him doing such a simple task. <laughs> and it worked. And I would sometimes I'd make these cool things and, you know, I'd put it to a cool song and, and people actually they thought it was funny, but it was well produced and it was. I, I achieved my goal of doing that and said, well, if I can do it with this, I can do it with a tarpon jump. Sure. <laughs> or anything, right? Yeah. Well, that's cool. You seem to have a good, intense work ethic. I mean, from being a high school student to working at UPS while you're, while you're going to high school and then doing that in college. And now, I mean, I know the kind of hours that you're working now, right? Millennials are constantly... I'm constantly being told that millennials have no work ethic, that millennials have, and, and, you know, and I have one, I don't, I don't know if you even call yourself a millennial, isn't it something else now? No, I think I am, but I, I don't really know. I, I consider that something else. I don't okay. really know. Well, well, the next, whatever, whatever the next thing is. So my son's kind of there at the same age and, Hayden's coming up after that, and my daughter. So I'm, I'm quite interested in this, and I also have plenty of people that that uh, want jobs at times. Some have an amazing work ethic, and they will go all day long. Some, it is horrendous. <laughs> so where do you think that 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 is right now with people your age? Why do why do you how do you end up with such a good work ethic? I think that. You know, it's funny you say it because I, sometimes I feel like that that I need to get better at that. But I think it's not. I, th I think my work ethic is good. It's my sometimes I don't prioritize correctly on, you know, different stuff. But I think my work ethic is is better because of what I learned at, at UPS, because that was such a difficult process to go and work there starting off six hours a day, Monday through Friday, and just open up this you open up this truck that's been sitting in the sun all day with nothing in it and it a microwave just comes out at you and you're just like, man, here it goes. Another day in paradise. Walk in, pull in the rollers and here comes the boxes and you will get piled with them. I mean, you, yeah, it was, it was tough there. So I think that that, that the physical work there, then immediately when I became a manager turned into way less physical work and way more mental work managing positioning and in being able to make split second decisions so i think that's what helped the business side of me so i think that really i i do contribute mainly my parents but on the other side ups to some of my success because it really did teach me that hard physical work ethic just the non-stop go 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 and it also you know, taught me you know, how to be a manager and, and how to get people to want to work for you. Well, that's interesting too, because you're, you are a manager at 19, you said, and how how old are the people that are, you're managing? Yeah, that's a common question. So it was, uh, um, between usually the, the people I would be, that would be employed under me would be either high school football players, usually who wanted to work a part-time job after school, or usually you know, older people from 25 to 40. Hmm. So how do you manage a 40-year-old at 19? They have to like you and you have to, they have to know that you have their best interests in their mind, in your mind. How can, how can a 19-year-old possibly have a 40-year-old's best interest? You got to lead. Whenever someone's, someone needs your help, you got to be there. You, you can't, you, you can't let people lose your trust. You have to care for them outside of work. You got to know them. If you don't know your employee, if it's just you, you only know what they do when they're in front of you, that's not a good way to build a relationship. You got to reward them for their work, you know, and, and honestly, I, I, everything I'm telling you now, I just learned from a book that I read before I went in was, uh, uh, Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. That's an amazing book. Yeah, I've, I'm already reading it again. I'm, I just started a couple of days ago for the second time because I need to refresh all that stuff because it honestly is so good. And as long ago as it was written, it's still an amazing book. I yeah. mean, it is so, just... So you just read that book just recently? No. For the first I read, time? I, I meant before I went into UPS. Okay. I read that book before I started UPS. And I remember specifically 
one of the quotes in that book was talking about going to interviews and it said, never go to a man's office for an interview if you don't know anything about that man. Hmm. Yeah. Never do a podcast if you don't know anything about the person. <laughs> yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> so that's exactly what, uh, what I thought. So I, I worked my way in there and then, but that book really, really helped me a lot. It was, it, that, that book is so, so interesting and filled with good information. How do you come across that book at 19 years old? My dad, my dad was, my dad's a big, oh, my dad always throws me books. Nice. You read this book, read that book. And honestly, I really did. I, I always try to read the books he gives me because they, they're always good books. At what point do you start trying to read the books that he gives you? Because I give my son's a lot of books too. <laughs> and you know, they go to a extremely challenging high school yeah i mean it is there's not a lot of time yeah but at the same time it's kind of like this is a book dad gave me i know i don't know but then turner now he's read a couple of them that i gave him and he's like oh oh yeah like i gave him secrets to the millionaire mind he Mm -hmm. was calling me he was asking me he was like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna um make a little bit more money this year i don't know what to do with it thinking about investing it Man, that is wow. that is really good foresight. You really need to think about that. That is that mm-hmm. is excellent. Um, that you're even considering that yeah. saving money, right? So here's here's a book that I think you ought to read: "Secrets of the Millionaire Mind." And if you hadn't read that, you should. And it is it's just a fantastic book. It's about this thick. Yeah. Take you 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 get through it in two days, no problem. Really? Probably one. And it's a mindset, and it is a. Uh, it is a discipline of what to do with your money and how much you should be saving and how much you should be saving in different different buckets that you can you can allot to different things. This one is you know retirement. This one is is uh, education, so you can buy more books. This one is a fun day. Yeah. You know you, everybody needs a vacation at some point. Oh, you yeah. know you need to have some money set aside for that. And he 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 kind of lays it out to where you know it's like okay, here's my paycheck. A little bit goes here, a little bit goes here, a little bit goes here, and a lot goes over here. And of course, you need to be paying your bills and you, you know all of that stuff too. But I read that book at probably 27, 26 maybe, and it really, really made a big difference yeah. for me because I, I didn't, I didn't know about money. I didn't know anything about how to handle money. Yeah, and my dad had probably told me a lot about how to handle money, but. I was not ready for that information at yeah, the time, right? Yeah. Like I, I just was, you know, that's just dad saying whatever, and I'm not old enough for that, so yeah, I, you yeah, know, yeah, just yeah. not not paying any attention to it. And then all of a sudden, reality and life hits you right in the face. You're like, well, oh, well, I don't know what to do now. So I remember my dad coming down, and I had been working every single day in Key West. Back then, we didn't take credit cards. Because right. it wasn't like today yeah. where you can do this, swipe it on your phone and all that stuff. We, I didn't take credit cards, so I either took check or cash or sometimes traveler's checks. People would come down and they'd just pay you in cash. And really? so I would just have these giant big wads of cash. I mean, if you're working, you know, 30 days in a row yeah. and everybody's paying you at the time, it's $350 you end up with a big stack of cash. My oh, yeah. dad comes to visit and I'm like, what do I do with all this? I open up a shoebox and he's like, whoa, yeah. all right. Wow. Good problem to have. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like you need to. And, and he told me, he's like, he's, you, you need to set aside 10% right away. Better 20, like set aside 20% of whatever you're making always every single month and put that away. And then, you know, the millionaire mind, that's a very simplistic approach. The millionaire mind is a little bit more, complex approach but a very disciplined approach yeah yeah and and i don't know if you have ever seen these examples of how saving your money with compound interest can add up and there are some great examples of you know sometimes people do it with twins twin brothers or whatever and one doesn't save any money until he's 30 and then he puts 50 grand in the bank the other guy it just puts a little bit away every single month, right. you know, from when he's 20, yep. right? And yep. then the guy puts 50 grand in the bank. And then, you know, 10 years later, he puts another 50 grand in the yeah. bank. And then 10 years later, he puts another 50 grand in the bank. And it shows that they both have put 150 grand away. But the guy that started and puts a little bit away each time ends up like multi-millions, because right? Of because interest. of compound interest yeah. and compound interest working 
incrementally every right. single month as opposed to the big chunks. Yeah. And yeah. uh that was a new concept for me when I was a when I was a young man. And a lot of people will get that, but they get it a little later, later yeah. than than what they need. So the fact that you're thinking that way is is uh is pretty awesome because you got to be making some good money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I uh yeah, I'm starting to get, you know, buying the the stuff that I want to buy, you know, obviously the next thing is I can't wait to, you know, get my apartment, which I actually it's been really cool. The timing is awesome on everything because the short time that I've stayed with Paul before I'm getting my apartment here, I've watched him literally build that pond from nothing to this. So awesome tell tell thing. us about um his channel. What's his channel? Paul's channel is basically it started out, you know, no, but what's was, it called? It's called uh, Paul Cafero. Paul Cafero. Yeah. So Paul Cafero and he does fishing and he does this pond in his backyard. Yep. Yep. And he mainly does pond in his backyard and, and he just kind of started. He's, he's, Paul did the same thing I did. He just did something that he loved. He, ever since he was the first one to have, you know, kind of a pond with these exotic fish and feeding mm-hmm. them, you know, that was kind of his thing. Yeah. And that's just what he loved. And he's built upon what he, he loved and what his passion is and has made just some wonderful success you know, throughout it. And it's been really cool to be able to watch it and be a part of it literally and meet some outstanding people in that industry as well. Like what industry? The, the pond the industry? Pond industry. Really? It, it's unbelievable. It is in, when you really see these ponds fully furnished, they're amazing hmm. and they're beautiful. And, and I guess I found out that the demand is there, you know, look, you would never think, but I, they have, you know, exactly how fishing has iCast. They have Aquafest. It's the type, really? I swear. And it is as big, if not bigger, than iCast. Wow. And it's that's unbelievable to me. I had no clue, but it really, it's up north, it's a big thing too. But and so if he walks into uh, Pond Fest, is he. Is he like he, he is sets he a it up. star? He said, "What? Oh, pa- oh, Paul! Oh <laughs> yeah. no!" He no. walks into Pond yeah. Fest. Hey, I'm here. Yeah, everybody's, everybody's like, like running to him. Probably, yeah. I wouldn't doubt it, man. <laughs> I would not doubt it. But the people that I've that I've met, you know, uh, uh, through Paul, that that I'm actually helping this guy film uh, one of the builds for his pond up in New Jersey soon. So I got a gig doing that huh. and building just, a pond. But Are you yeah. gonna film building the pond? Or I'm gonna, you just yeah, gonna he be... has a YouTube. He okay. has a YouTube. So it seems like everything evolves around YouTube, man. Yeah. What is what the is deal with this? that? Because, I don't know. Uh, it just it fell in my lap. Do you <laughs> think that? Um, what do you think the future of of YouTube is? You never know, man. It could crash tomorrow. You don't know. Well, you, that, yeah, isn't it's, it it's interesting? A, that, yeah, that is the case. But it's interesting yeah. to see to hear someone that has such a tight connection to YouTube because I feel like I'm an outsider to YouTube because we put our stuff there. We got some videos that have almost four million views and stuff. Yeah, but we've never been able to fully take advantage of YouTube, and a lot of people wonder why. Like, why don't you put more stuff on YouTube? Yeah. But it's very simple because the way that our business works, it works around sponsorship. Yeah, so we have a television model. And when we take a television show and we put it on YouTube and it gets 50,000 views, if it did, or 20,000 or 10,000 or 5,000 or whatever. And we have a sponsor that proud to be part of the show and whatever. We put it on YouTube and a competitive sponsor comes in and buys an ad in front. So let's take an example. We put, we go bone fishing in, in the Florida Keys and Hawks K is a sponsor or the Florida Keys and Key West. And then we put that on YouTube. It gets a lot of views, but the Bahamas has bought a a spot in front of it. So you're diverting the whole time. Well, we're not doing anything. We didn't know that happened. Yeah. Yeah. But that gets a lot of views. Well, imagine somebody in Ohio that's never been to the Florida Keys. That's never been to the Bahamas. They just know that it's clear water. It looks good. Oh, there's the Bahamas. Click there. Book the trip. I'm going to the Bahamas, right? Well, that doesn't do, that's not the purpose of what we're trying to do. So that doesn't go over well. So we turned off all the ads on YouTube and it didn't really make sense. So we never really focused on that, like what you're doing with Black Tip H. Like that's a whole different model. Like he is making his living on 
views and more and more and more content yeah. which we're just in a different model so yeah, i kind of yeah. feel like a i kind of feel like a little bit of an outsider to youtube and don't feel like i have the inside connection and know but it's interesting that you are living and breathing in youtube and you're saying who knows man it could crash tomorrow because like, that's honestly it's it's the it's the reality i mean you, you could beat around the bush all day but it right now i i love working around and with youtubers and living with one as of right now you know and i i enjoy it uh it's it's done you know a lot of good for me the people i work for the people i work with and you know if something happens i'm good yeah <laughs> you know, so I'm all right. You know, I was talking, it would hurt my feelings a little bit, but you know, I'd get over it and move on. And but if YouTube crashed, if YouTube were to crash, that is a giant hole that would be filled with something else. Many people out of a job. Don't you? I know, but, but it's like millions but of just people. say for whatever reason, there's some bad decisions, something happened. People are like, we don't go there anymore another platform is coming right. in. I mean, that's too 100%. many people that like to do, they like to watch another stuff. Another platform might come in on on top of YouTube. Right. Well, that's happened, um, you know, in, in my lifetime of watching social media, which is probably a little long. I mean, you probably don't even remember MySpace, but there yeah, was something I'm... called MySpace and it was as big as YouTube. Like, it was big and, dude, it just, one day, there was no more MySpace. And yeah. I don't know what happened. But yeah. it was huge. And then no more. Yeah, it just And then off. next thing you know, Facebook. Boom. Yeah. And then next thing you know, Instagram. Boom. And then the next thing you know, Snapchat. Boom. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, well, all the while YouTube has been, you know, staying strong and consistent. Yeah. But I don't I don't see that there's any possibility that YouTube could possibly crash, but you never no, I mean no, that, you don't. I mean, they, look, all the, the all the stock I own in the mutual funds are, might crash too. Yeah, could I could crash driving on the way home? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, it that that it, you're right. It is true. That's it, there's always that possibility. Do I think about it? No. Do I care? Not really. But I guess it's because I enjoy doing it. So you know, where do you think the future of social media is going? It is, it's either going way up or way down. I don't know. Mm, that's an interesting yeah, it's perspective. Either going, it's either going way up or way down. So we'll see. Uh, way up possibility. You mean there could, there's a possibility that people could spend more time on social media? Oh, yeah. There, <laughs> there might be a possibility. <laughs> because yeah. it seems as though everyone is spending all of their time on social media. Which is, you know, something goes up too fast, it falls pretty quick too. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. It, it could, I think it, Maybe people get tired of it, you know, gradually. As well, what the years. about people your age? Are do you uh, see that? Ever? Yeah, it's like it's like this. You know, I don't think there's any. You know, I, I feel like people are pretty consistent. You know, they watch a little bit of you know YouTube here and there. They go on Instagram every day, and you know, I I, I don't know how how we could get any more into it, engulfed in it than we already are. You know, I, maybe we could, but I don't know. I. You know, it's it's tough to say, but you know, then again, people maybe people get you know tired of social media. Maybe that won't be because right now the way to market anything you do is through social media. Mm -hmm. And so, if you're completely inundated with advertisement every time you go on social media, I would see that some people would say, "Don't want that anymore." There is actually a uh, trend for people my age and some of my friends to go back to the flip phone. Really? Like, yeah. They want the flip phone. I've they seen want, a couple of people do that. They don't want email. They don't want Instagram. They don't want any of that stuff. They, they, if you want me, you can call me on the phone. That's it. Other yeah. than that, I'm going to be doing my thing. And I, this this whole other, all of these other things are just a time vacuum that that are really doing me no good. Like, yeah, that's 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 a that's a common deal. And especially if if all of a sudden you know you're running a company and you're managing employees and that is occupying all of your time and you look on your phone and it says that you spent 32 hours of this week on the phone and there is this crazy thing that you can do on your phone let's see if i can figure out how to do it while we're talking here but you go to settings and you go to general and you go to battery it tells you how many hours you used it yeah oh my and it tells you where those hours were spent. 
and it is maybe it's maybe it's not battery. Okay, here it oh, is. Battery. battery. Yeah. So you go to battery, and it says battery usage at the bottom, and it spins for a second. Yeah. And then you go down here, and it says last twenty four hours, last seven days. And when you go to last seven days, and you click not percent but time right yeah. there, it shows you two point one hours on screen, one point nine hours on the home and lock screen, one point seven hours on the maps. Wow, twenty nine minutes. This must be the last twenty four hours. So let's go to the last seven days. So I spent eight point seven oh. hours on Instagram. In the last seven days, eight hours. Where do you? Where does that go? That is, that is, so scary. Yeah. That. I mean, I feel like I look at Instagram maybe a couple minutes a day. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, it's eight hours a week. Eight hours a week. That's more than an hour a day you're spending on Instagram. That's that's insane. Yeah. Nine point nine hours on on messages. And that's coming from somebody who doesn't want to use Instagram a lot. Exactly. Imagine the people who do. I guarantee you in seven days, it'd probably be 40 hours. I mean, I do have to say that we, you know, part of my living is made on Instagram. So 8.7 hours is not just scrolling through to see. I mean, (laughs) there's some work going on. Or I can convince myself that there's some work going on. There's probably... Honestly, there's probably no work. <laughs> I'm yeah. looking at CrossFit videos and other yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. and just going yeah, through. And, but that is a scary thing. And when you look at that, somebody showed me that. And I was like, wow. And I immediately had my kids pull up the pull up the battery. Let me see. Let me see what you're doing. And it was more than any of us thought. Like wow. you would if somebody told me that I spent eight point seven hours on Instagram last week, I would tell them they're insane. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. It, no way. But some people are probably spending four hours a day on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Or Facebook or I YouTube. spend more time than you do on it. You think? Probably, yeah. Because you're not that good at returning your text. No, I'm not. You go, what happens with that? Like, you're you're one of these people that I've got to figure out, man, because it's like, hey, man, what's going on? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? hour goes by davis what happens i'll tell you what happens this is what happens is i don't something will happen where i i I don't i'm don't i haven't got a hold of my phone for maybe like until the next day i haven't been able to like look at it or it's been dead and then by the time i read i'm like am i really going to respond 24 hours later to this this is already Uh, passed yeah i think he's already (laughs) forgot about it so i'm just going to do the same no no but i always wonder that because you are one that does that yeah Badly, like yeah. There's a conversation going on, and then all of a sudden, did did you get hit by a bus? Like what happened, man? You just went totally dark oh my on gosh. me. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> Has Any, anyone else told you? Yeah, that? If anyone who knows me is listening to this, I promise you they will agree. A hundred percent. They're like cheering you on right now. Yeah. I mean, dude. my mom's gonna give me grief for that. Is that right? Oh yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So, what's your favorite social media platform? Uh, well, I mean. I advertised what I did on Instagram, you know, so I could begin making money. That was my way of advertising. Mm -hmm. So Instagram, you know, I felt like that was better than paying to advertise. That's way less money to invest, you know, just build your own following and Mm -hmm. advertise through that. If you can. A lot of people find that very difficult, I think. Well, yeah. And I knew it was going to be hard, but I didn't have, that's, I didn't have 20 grand worth of advertisement. Yeah. But where would you have put it? In the advertisement? Say you had 20 grand. What would you do with it? If I had for 20, advertising, but then yeah. uh, for advertising, yeah. I would have advertised on social media. I would have advertised. But which social media and where I and would, how? I would have because advertised. I hear that all the time. Like, ah, oh, I'll put my money in social media. Right. Okay, where, where yeah, exactly yeah. Where would you exactly? put it? I would find. I, would specific, I think I would go YouTube. I would find hmm. one specific creator. I wouldn't. I wouldn't spread my side. I'd just find one specific creator to to you know, somehow either promote me or if, if I was to be selling a product, promote the product, hmm. you know, so I, that's what I would do. And and I would also find other ways. I would definitely have a, a, a business partner at that point. But, you know, aside from that, I think that, you know, that, that was my way of advertising is I just saw a bill moan following advertised through that. So I would say Instagram is probably something that's 
helped me get started the most. And now, you know, YouTube's kind of starting to top it off with actually getting paid. That's cool. I got to take a break real quick. Break real quick. Break real quick. That's the first podcast I've done that I had to I had to take a break and pee. Really? Yeah, but I, I took that run right before I got here, and then I drank like a half a gallon of water because it was smoking hot out there, and and I was running all through your streets in Jupiter here, and got it, I was sweating. Like, I really bet. Sweating. It was hot out there today. Yeah, we well, were on the Coast Guard boat, just like. Yeah. So what are you filming on the Coast Guard boat? Uh, we're just doing boater safety. Uh, <laughs> I think we're just gonna put up an extra video on his channel just talking about boater safety you know i mean just the basics and there was some stuff i learned today even that i didn't know was like um um channel 16 which is an international channel i probably everybody should know that i don't know that <laughs> i think everyone does except know that. me yeah so i learned that <laughs> hey look i could press the record button is that not why the people were getting button. so mad at me while i was just talking to my friends on 16 about instagram and stuff Really? No. I'm oh, just saying God. That's, oh. that's what you don't want to do. Uh, yeah. No, 16 that, is reserved for uh, emergency usage. Yeah. I found that out today through the Coast Guard. Yeah. So they told me, and I was like, oh, okay, well, that's cool. And I know what to push. But, anyways, <laughs> no, we just went out there. And, and I'm sure, though, a lot of people who are new to boating don't know that, though. Sure. There were some other stuff we learned. We flew the drone over the Coast Guard boat. So that was cool. We, uh, but well, I bet you do that when you only do that when you have permission. Yeah, probably. Whoa. Because uh, I guess if you didn't have permission, that wouldn't be too cool. That baby would be coming down. Yeah, they probably. Would, da, da, da. I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that, it'd be it, it. It was cool. You know, it was really neat. You know, just to kind of you know, just see that and be on it and, and meet the people. Be the, obviously, the 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 people were great that that we went with, and so um, it was cool. What kind of a coast guard boat? Like a big cutter or like it a was the small... one? No, it was it was actually it was a big one. The one that had the the. They didn't have outboards, you know, it was the ones inside. So it was pretty, it like, it has the rubber things on the side. Yeah. You know, it was neat. Yeah. That's I cool, man. It. What does your day look like while you're working so much? My day is. When does it start? My day starts, it's funny. I, I don't have, it's kind of a bad thing. I don't have much of a routine because my day can vary all the time. You know, if Josh wants me to film for him, he is like an early riser. So he is like. He probably usually wants me here at like 5.36. I mean, I've gotten here 3.30 before because we had to leave to go somewhere. Some days I get up really early and we have a long film day. Those are the days where you just get home and you just crash. Other days, I wake up and I usually get here to edit around, you know, maybe 7. I'll I'll edit till probably, I'll edit his stuff till probably around 3 or 4 in the afternoon. Then I'll go home and, and I'll edit my stuff for my business. Probably until about, probably 7 or 8. And then I usually stay up till about, you know, till, till as late as I can, according to when I'm going to get up the next morning. And that's kind of my thing. It's just film at it, film at it, film at it. Film at it. Yeah. I mean, that's it. And well, travel, that's exactly what you wanted to do though, right? That's exactly. So I can't complain. So you're living, you're living exactly the way that you want to live. Pr pretty much. Just once I get that apartment, it'll just top it off. <laughs> So as soon as I get time, it's so funny. Well, are you I, tired I, of living in your truck and on people's couches? Yeah, no, it it, it definitely uh, definitely will feel nice to 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 get my own apartment. It's just funny because I you know it's like you're bouncing from place to place. You know, it's like I was literally in the process of getting an apartment in St. Pete before I, I left for Jupiter. I remember yeah, that yeah. I was in that process, and then this came along. So now I moved over here, and you never want to jump into something right whenever. So I decided, well, I'll come over. I'll start working now. It's it's built up to where you know i i know you know we've got a good relationship and there's long-term goals there so you know now, now it's time for me to get that so that'll be nice you know it'll be something do you like do you like jupiter as much as saint pete oh no not as much as saint Pete. so what about saint pete is it that that that's so just, nice i don't, I don't really know saint pete yeah so that's basically where right so when i all my friends i've ever had growing up were in jacksonville i was like you know, i knew everybody there that was my hometown just 20 years there and then all of a sudden, you know, I just kind of moved down here for this new job for, I didn't have a job after I left UPS and came to St. Pete. Now I was kind of just living off what I had made, you know, at UPS. And I kind of, I, I, I came down there and, you know, I was just, uh, and I met so many great people through the Rogers. Of course, you have Noah, Jake Rogers, and then Matt and Chrissy. It just, you know, they kind of just you know, took me in and said, hey, look, you know, as long as you're here until you want to get a place, you can stay with us till you figure out what you want to do. Nice. And they were just awesome about it. They couldn't be any better. And my parents were so supportive, you know, 
about me coming and and they love Matt and Chrissy, you know, they're just, they're so cool with them. And so, and then, uh, and Jake and Noah are like my brothers. They're awesome. And so we just, we basically, we just fished and filmed a lot and we just started making a bunch of stuff. And, and I guess I just met so many good people through Matt and also Jake and Noah that, you know, it it just kind of became, it started to become like a second home. Like I was just getting started, like adapted to everything going there and not to mention side of the people the fishing is awesome i mm-hmm. love the fishing in the bay it's so diverse you know any time of the year there's something you can go do it's really cool you know even if it's in the winter you know, those inshore gags that get on the docks mm-hmm. so cool you know so you know just it's stuff that you know is different and i really do like the bay and is it seemed big when i first moved there and as i stayed there and it's starting to become smaller you feel like you know everywhere and then it's like boom jupiter you know, so it's kind of, it was a little tough, you know, I, I didn't really, but I, you know, I've, I don't have as many friends like I did in St. Pete, you know, people I go hang out with in Jupiter. It's just kind of when I'm here, it's just business pretty much. <laughs> I'm just here to work, you know? So when I get to go travel to like the West coast or up to Jacksonville or Naples, Miami, wherever, you know, it's kind of, it is a little bit of, you know, kind of a break because I get to see my friends, you know, the people that you know, I'm, I'm cool. It's so it's cool. You know, I, I kind of get a break between friends and work too. Yeah. Doesn't hurt. Awesome, man. Well, you're living the vagabond lifestyle a little bit, but you'll you'll start settling in and uh I'm sure that the friends are the friends are coming because uh you're a good hand and <laughs> and you got Paul here though, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I got Paul and Ryan and and that and it's funny because you know, Ryan, I've been uh having him come out and help me. Ryan you know, is Scaredo? Yeah, is Squirdo, yeah. Making uh Scaredo, I forget sometimes, but <laughs> making the uh making content for this uh shirt shirt brand and um he's been helping me do that so that's been awesome because i can't do all that on my own again i have to have someone fishing for me to film you know it's, it's a little bit different you know a lot of people you know just have them and their camera can't do that yeah so so you know he's been helping me with that and then paul obviously we do all kinds of stuff but you know i, I just remember saint pete you know i I had I just have had time to you know go out and meet people you know since St. Pete I could go out with my friends you know Friday nights I had friends at USF you know we were all cool I just haven't built that yet here but I don't know if I, I kind of like it you know just kind of low key just I've got Ryan you know Josh and then and Paul and just some people that way when I'm here you know I'm more capable of getting work done you're working yeah and then when I give it give it back home it's almost a break I get to see a lot of people but I got to get back to Jacksonville soon anyways to see my parents I. I haven't seen them in so long. Yeah, my mom's missing me. Is she? Oh yeah. Well, everybody needs some some of mama's good cooking. Oh yeah, that's what I miss the most. Oh yeah. Well, Hayden was about to uh, take off to a, a school far away, and he decided to stay a little closer to home, which yeah. both my wife and I are happy about. Um, although I want to see him to go wherever he wants to go, but uh, he'll be he'll be within two hours. Oh, that's um, not bad. No. No, it'll be good. But listen, man, I I wish you all the best, and uh, thank you. I'm a big fan. Big thank fan you. of your work. Thank you and, so much. Uh, I look forward to seeing it, seeing it mature and progress, and see where you take it. Thank you so much, man. It's been great being on the show, and 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 I love all the interviews you're doing. I, I can't wait to watch more, and 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 the ones you've done today. Uh, got a good thing going here. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Tell everybody how they can find you and where they can, where they can see. Yeah. So a lot of my work, uh, is on my Instagram, Davis underscore Bennett underscore D A V I S B E N N E T T. Then you'll also see on Josh's channel on YouTube, black tip H you can, uh, almost all of his videos are filmed by me and, uh, and, and edited by me and Josh. We both kind of are working the editing process. So, uh, you can check it out on YouTube at black tip H or my Instagram and and see most of my work. All right. Thank you, Tom. Good job, Davis. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. We'll see you. Yep. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I hope you got something out of that. Got just a little bit of news. We have started a weekly show that is designed to be up to the minute videos of what's happening this week mostly in the Florida Keys, but also in other places that we fish as well. We'll be putting that out every week. And the best way to find that is to subscribe to the YouTube channel, YouTube slash Saltwater Experience. Search Saltwater Experience on YouTube, subscribe to that channel, and you will get updates of when a new video is published. I've also figured out how to put the podcast on YouTube, finally. 
A lot of people like to put that window behind other things they're working on and listen to the podcast while they are working. So we now have that for you. And there is a playlist called podcast. There's a playlist called weekly show. You can go and see all the new videos that we're putting up there. Started a new email address specifically for this show. And that is podcast at saltwaterexperience.com podcast at saltwaterexperience.com. Those emails come directly to me. I'll see every single one of them. So if you have comments, suggestions, ways we can make the show better, and particularly if you have suggestions of someone you would like to see me sit down with in the hunting world, in the fishing world, in the outdoor sports world, or just a motivation, inspirational character, or someone that can teach us all something. I'm very interested in your suggestions. So that's podcast at saltwaterexperience.com. You can get the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and we're also publishing it on the blog. The weekly show will be published on the blog too, but the best way is to go to YouTube, subscribe there, and you'll get it immediately when it's published. So until next week, thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. We'll be right back. 